Good morning to you and good morning to your listeners. Also joining us for this conversation is Leranzo Temba. She is the spokesperson for Police Minister Begit Kaele. Leranzo, good morning to you. Good morning, Cathy. Good morning, Dittini and to your listeners. Dittini, let me begin with you. And, and perhaps you can just paint a picture for us of what has been happening in Kailicha in as far as the levels of crime that the community has been exposed to and and these incidents of of these mass killings that seem to spike up ever so often thank you very much Kathy. the the current situation in kaidika Kathy is, is is highly is escalating day by day the reason for this is the infrastructure pattern or infrastructure development patterns of the area which facilitates the escalation in criminal activity. This case relates to things such as the lack of access roads between the shacks, the lack of street lighting, which plays a very much a big role in the policeability of the area. But believe it or not, there are still shares in Kailisha without house numbers. Even if a case in Mushashana were to report a crime in the evening, you wouldn't see at house number 23 a gender-based violence incident is about or is taking place because of there is no. Except for you, you need to give a, some, some direction, description of the area to the police person you are reporting to over the phone. So there are those issues that still affect um, the area. And also, the other issue that we've raised yesterday with Minister Tyler was that it's still the skewness of the distribution of police resources to the townships. You know, you you, you may still have um, what we don't want to talk about, that you still have a, a, a police commissioner who is probably black, but still there are very powerful white lobby within subs and outside. For instance, I was saying to the minister, whilst he was visiting Kailis, in any other place where a minister of police visits, you would find people like business South Africa, business against crime, business this, business that other thing. But when five people are mowed down in a township, you don't find these characters next to the minister. And they, they say when they report, they also play a role in, uh, in mitigating the current situation. But in, when it comes to townships, we are on our own cases. Uh, uh, there are a couple of things that you've said that that I want us to to unpack, and the the first one is around the infrastructure, right? So the layout yeah. of um of, of the township in and of itself. What are you finding often happens when crime takes place um, that make it impossible, not not just from a policing perspective, but even perhaps from the community to be able to clearly see or identify what is happening? The, the, the very first one is that the, the, the issue of access roads was also part of the recommendation by the police commission mm-hmm. that the, the, the then premier of the Western Cape Island really established. But what you find systematically or deliberately, the community or the public at large is being directed to only subs having been failing to implement the, the, the recommendations. But part of the recommendations are that the city of Cape Town has an obligation to create access roads, 
to create or to, to intensify street lighting, also the issue of CCTV cameras. All of these things are a necessary infrastructure for, for the community and the police to be able to work together in dealing with crime. But the other issue getting now that I want to raise with you is that the criminal gang networks that are often associated with these multiple murder uh, um, uh, incidents, remember that they are, they, they are well-resourced, they are well-funded, mm. because they fund themselves through extortion and this protection fee money they collect. On the other hand, you had a detainee and a community CBS and some neighborhood wife only with a pattern and only with a hope to fight with crime. Nobody is resourcing community initiatives against crime. And the most bizarre thing you find in Cape Town, Katie, when we talk about uh, the, 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 the moving down of five, the five lives lost, the Metro Police in Cape Town is found somewhere looking for traffic fines. While in the other metros you would find coming together of subs, Metro, and them, and them, and them, so that they maximize force. But in Cape Town, you talk about five meters in the township, then you find Metropolis kicking ball and playing tennis ball along the end too, and waiting for some protest that will eventually happen. And, and so there's this huge disparity then fr- from what you're saying uh, when it comes to the resources that are allocated to an area like Kailicha, not just from business, but also from, 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 uh, from the provincial government, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yes, that's correct. That's, that's correct, Cassie. The example I'm giving you, Cassie, is that since the Minister of Police and everybody else, for instance, staff have activated what they call the 72-hour whatever, whatever is that will lead them to arresting these people. But then you ask yourself another question. Where is the Metro Police in that 72 hours? Mm. What is their role? Or, or why is it selectively chosen that they would not participate in that 72 hours to deal with a multiple murder? But you find them on the roads in Cape Town, they ask you whether your DCS has fired or not. Ditini Tido is the chairperson of the Kailicha Development Forum. We also have uh, Lorenzo Temba, who is spokesperson for the police minister on the line. We'll hear her thoughts after this. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point and we're looking at the crime rates that we have seen in Kailicha. And I'm going to be, uh, of course, also taking your calls on this issue. Let me go to Lorenzo Temba, who speaks for uh, Police Minister Begi Gale. Lorenzo, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. I want to firstly begin perhaps with the assessment that you as the police minister's office have made of uh, a township like Kailicha and what are the the challenges that effectively allow and enable the environment to continue being what it is uh, from an official perspective? We heard what uh, Nditini had to say, but, but it will be good to hear the, the assessment, the official assessment uh, f- from the minister's office. Thank you so much again for the opportunity. Um, you know, Unditini, the way he was explaining things to you really brought me back to the sort of sentiments we were listening to on the ground yesterday when we had this street in Beaver in the area where Unditini comes from. And essentially, that's what it is. The problems that we are confronted with as the SAPS when it comes to policing areas like Enzo 
or any other area around Kailisha is the issue of environmental design. Now, Nitin um, mentioned how um, there's lack of, you know, basic services. Um, and, you know, when it comes to policing, it's a fact that if there are no streetlights, if there are no house numbers, if there are no access roads, um, if there are no CCTV cameras, if there are no lights, those are the factors that do impede on policing, Kathy. And they are going to obviously delay police response. They're going to even deter, um, you know, uh, community members reporting some crimes because they obviously think that police will not respond on time. And also, in the same breath, we know that such conditions also put police lives in danger. We've seen police officers being attacked, especially in the Western Cape, which is two, one of the two top provinces where we're seeing police officers being uh, butchered for their weapons. And it is because of such um, environmental design factors that I have mentioned, as well as in the team. Just yesterday, Cassie, when we were interacting with this community, um, the the members of the community were holding up placards that were reading Asinambani, we don't have electricity. And of course, this is strange when it comes to an imbizo that's organized by the police officers. But essentially, it goes back to the heart of the issue here, that if there were life, there would be better policing. So, so there are a couple of things, um, Lorenzo, and I don't want to play down, or downplay rather, the impact of the infrastructure challenges that are being presented, right? But on the other hand, you also have communities that have a reasonable expectation to enjoy the services of the South African Police Service like any other members of a community. So it cannot be that because an area doesn't have a street, because an area doesn't have electricity, then that means that automatically this area then does not enjoy the full spectrum of services that are ordered, that are delivered rather by the SAPS than let's say a suburb that's, that's down the road. And it will be good to know what it is, what are the steps that are being taken from the point of the work that is being done in the ministry to specifically address these issues. Because again, if, if, if police officers have their hands up in the air and are saying, well, we're not going to go in there, we're too afraid to go in there, what are community members supposed to do? I think it's, it's, it's a bit uh, of a stretch, Cathy, to say police officers have their hands up in the air and say they're not going in there. I'm saying that when they do go into these areas, they do pose, it does pose a risk to their lives. But nonetheless, it does happen where they have to respond to those um, emergencies and those calls and those pleas by by the community structures or the community members there. But just to go back to your question, look, what is really important here is to have a conversation, and this is what is already happening. Um, about uh, two, three weeks back, we have met with the leadership of the province, of the Western Cape province, um, from the premier to even the mayor of Cape Town, where we spoke about, for the longest time, Kathy, there has been a lot of mudslinging and name-calling um, about you know, who needs to do what. 
and what has happened is that a white flag has been raised to say we need to work together, put together our resources for betterment of community members. And we're starting to see that. We're starting to see that there is now a coordinated plan between the SAPS, which is of course a national competence, and 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 um, you know you know tying in with the province uh, at local government. Because what we have seen in the past is that the two um, uh, structures were really working um, in silos, and that of course is something that needed to be corrected and is being corrected. And we are now starting to see the difference and also just the betterment of just the crime picture. Let me just give you a reference here. The last uh, crime stats that we released, Cathy, um, showing crimes that occurred between September and December last year, we saw that the Western Cape has actually reported a decrease, the only province, by the way, to report a decrease in its murder um, uh, levels. And this simply means that it is those conversations that are, are, are being had, but also just that considered effort from both the local government and, of course, the national SAPS to work together, because that's what's really needed. The, the, the province, as well as the city of Cape Town, has also made mention that they've got money to spend. That is why they have put in money in terms of, um, uh, you know, putting up their law enforcement officers. But we have said as a national government that, unfortunately, where they are putting money is not necessarily recognized structures. And we're very concerned about that because mm-hmm. if you are pumping in money in structures that are not necessarily um, in law and don't have any other you know, body that, so, that they so are Sorry, Lorenzo, just explain that, just, just explain that further for me. So, so, so you're saying that the, the, the province is putting money into what, what structures? So the province um, has a, a, a structure called law enforcement officers. Mm-hmm. Now, law enforcement officers are only available and only known in the Western Cape. It's the only province that has such a structure as law enforcement officers. All other um, uh, provinces have metro police officers which are recognized and work very brilliantly with the SAPS, um, traffic of, of, of uh, officers. But uh, in the Western Cape, there are these law enforcement officers that we've seen being funded by uh, the local government there. And um, just very recently, um, there was a figure of a million rand that was pumped in into these law enforcement officers. While we appreciate that they do act as as, um, force multipliers, but we do worry about where they are in law because they don't account to any sort of body. We know that Metropolis as well as the SAPS account to the Independent Police Investigative Directorate so that they do come out of the line they're able to you know citizens are able to have recourse but we know that with these law enforcement officials they account to themselves they if there is any incident that is related to um any wrongdoings or any sort of um incident related to uh uh, citizens, they would then have to investigate themselves okay. and they themselves come up with a solution, which, we, you know, this is what's making us comfortable, uncomfortable, rather, as a police minister. And we've said this and we've mentioned this. This is not right. new, especially mm. for the local government there. Uh, I'll give you a chance to conclude that thought, Lorenzo. It's at 10.30. Let me go over to Anne Musa with the latest headlines.
The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're shining the spotlight on uh, the crime problem that is being faced in Kailich and just some of the different solutions that are being brought onto the table. I'll take your calls in a moment. Before I do that, um, Lorenzo, let me give you a chance to, to conclude what you were saying and then uh, I'll go to the phone lines. So essentially, it's really about the combination of resources, the combination of minds to to really um, tackle the crime situation in the Western Cape. We know that if the local government um, had to also provide these essential services that um, Nditini has been pointing out to, there would be a, you know, a better situation in those areas. And of course, this will definitely translate to a better situation for policing. But if I may, Cathy, there is also a need for better cooperation between the SAPS community members. This is something that we are calling for. We are calling for um, not only just the formal structures, but, you know, community-centered policing, where community members are working hand-in-hand with police, because we know that many of the crimes are happening, you know, in front of them, under their noses, and they're the ones that will be able to direct police officers to at least point them to the right direction, especially when it comes to crimes that we have seen uh, plaguing this area um, as well. Nditini, on this last point that Lorenzo is making, there have been a few uh, commentators who have said that, you know, the people of Kailicha are the ones that need to stand up and effectively uh, take matters into their own hands in as far as leading the fight against this criminality, not in the form of vigilantism. But in the form of whether it's, you know, having uh, patrols by community members in the area. Uh, Talk to me about what you make of of these suggestions and what it is that that you as community members are doing. Thanks, Kathy. Look, the structures like the KDFY developmental structure, part of the things we do, we trade in hope. We are giving our community hope. And the, the problem with this thing is that, like Lorenzo is talking about, the, the, the law enforcement officers, we really wish to see them doing something in Kailicha as well. In the other suburbs of, of Cape Town, uh, most of the suburbs have what is called the improvement district models, where people would have uh, patrols and all of that, subsidized and all of that. What we are seeing is that even when we do as communities, we've got a big contingent of people participating in the CBS as well as the neighborhood watches. But these people are calling for bare minimum your 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 protective, your 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 reflective jacket, your 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 winter, your your windbreakers, your your torches, all of these things. Mm. And we're saying Kathy, is that if you notice in July. We had a campaign, an anti-looting campaign, protecting properties that are owned by big business inside Kailich. But in return, you do not see the very cousins who are helping and lending their hand in making Kailich a policeable. We, we as a KDF, we are trying to be as responsible as possible for, for the community not to take the law into our own hands. We are trying at all material times to try to mobilize and try and organize against crime, but we do not have the necessary support. And we are saying we were very happy that the ministry at this stage is taking cognizance of the fact that the lack of coordination 
between SAPs and other law enforcement structures of the city of Cape Town does have or does a rob of communities that carry each of the services or benefits of policy that are enjoyed by other residents of Cape Town somewhere in the leafy suburbs of Cape Town. All right. Let me go to Rustenburg. Temba, good morning. Yeah, okay. Yes, good morning, Temba. Yes, Kathy. Kathy, we've got a very serious problem in our country, not only Kailicha. Mm. The, the biggest problem is it's never streets, uh, light, or roads alone. It's our own government. You know, if you become a, whistle, a whistleblower, you get killed immediately, and the government is doing nothing about that. Not long, Kathy, you, I mean, this morning, you were talking about the lady from, uh, I mean, the, I think she's from, from Amatol. Yes. The, the one that she was shot, I mean, her house was shot. Now, listen to what the municipality has said. They are saying we are distancing ourselves. And that lady, she was representing who? Our own government trying to protect the municipality, doing her job in fact. Mm. So in South Africa... It's simple. You're getting killed for doing your job right. So how are we going to be whistleblowers and tell uh, police that now I see a criminal hiding in that house? Because if you do that and you're identified, you'll be killed immediately. Hmm. It's not that people don't know who's stealing. It's not that people don't know who's doing the wrong things. People know who's doing what. But immediately report, even the police are not loyal to their own laws that they are supposed to protect. They will go back to a community where they are, they are part of the community and tell people that so-and-so said this and that. Uh, you know about whistleblowers, whistleblowers and all of that. People mm. are living on mountains because they are scared of being killed. Some are killed. So you better keep quiet or you choose. Mm. You become a whistleblower, Casey. You tell the police you've seen this and that. Even corruption, you've seen people doing this and that, corruption and you are killed the next day. That's why crime will never stop. It will continue. We can build roads. We can put street lights here, put CCTV cameras and all that. It will never work as long as whistleblowers are not protected. Temba, that is such an important point. That is really, really yeah. an important point. And, and I, I, I'm going to get Nditini's view on it shortly because it does have an impact on how communities are able to build these solid relationships with law yeah. enforcement officers. Thanks for that, Temba. Yeah. Let me go to okay. East London. Yeah. Mustafa, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning to your guest. Yes. The of the FSM. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's our government that uh, that is failing us as a, as the public. Because now you find that there is a, a lack of coordination between the Department of uh, uh, Law Enforcement and the Department of Sort of Crime Police Service. Because if they are doing enough, they should have considered some patrols, sufficient patrols in around the cases to to ensure to 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 to, to either intention of minimizing the crime in the Western Cape province. Because even recently, I'm talking from experience, mm-hmm. my, my brother was shot, was, was killed in Kairish and Saipi by, 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 by the gangs. My brother's friend was, was shot in the, in the past few weeks in the same Cape place. I think the minister, Mr. Kelly, can, can, can work more effectively with the law enforcement or, 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 or officials 
then then the the the, the crime can be minimized in the case. Mm. Then. Mm. Yeah, Mustafa, I, I'm sorry to hear about uh, you know the loss of your brother and 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 no, his killing. No. Did oh, okay. what what were you told about that case? So so what has happened in as far as the investigations are concerned? No, the investigation is still uh, is still under control. They are still mm-hmm. under investigation. The investigation and I'm, I'm not fully concluded by my by my attorneys because I appointed one of my attorneys to investigate the murder of my brother. Mm-hmm. who passed on uh, late last year in December in Kairis. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a very sad loss for, for us as a family. Yes. She was my first born to my mother, but he passed on. I think Mr. Kelly can work more effectively with uh, law enforcement officers to, to, to try and then minimize the, 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 the high rate of crime in the case set. I think that we can just live in peace in the case set. Because now we do have relatives there. Even if I'm in the same I do have family there in the case. You know, of course. Mustafa, thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much for for, for that call. Um, and you know, it's it's made by by somebody who who knows firsthand what the loss of life and the loss of of that family member has meant for him and his family. All right, we'll continue the conversation after this. FM values your views. Be an active citizen. We continue the conversation on the talking point. So many of your different uh, responses to the conversation that we're having within this hour, and it's really uh, trying to pay attention to uh, the cr- the criminality and the levels of crime that we see in an area like Kailicha and the Cape Flats. And there was such an important issue that Temba raised around whistle blowing. And Dittini, I want to come to you on this issue uh, again. When people come forward, they need to know that whatever it is that they say or expose, they will not pay for with their lives. Um, it, would you say that that is what happens in, in, in a place like Kailicha? Yes, 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 very much so. There, there, are, reports, there, there are reports coming out from, from community members that even when they do report these crimes, this information finds its way back to the criminals. Now, now we are saying also to the Ministry of Police that they must also get their house into order because there are bad apples within Saskatchewan that they're not running away from that. Because community members would risk, would risk their lives and say there is a indigenous who is about to commit a crime or has committed a crime. But for some reason, that information finds its way back to the very same people that have been reported against. So, so there is that. The, 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 the one thing that the KDF is calling for is working in collaboration with all inform, law, law enforcement agencies and also include the communities in the coordination. The, the, the structural challenges that you're facing, Lerato, as the police department, you talk about the meetings you're having with the premier and different stakeholders in the province. Are you asking for updates in as far as the deadlines that they're working with when it comes to the provision of some of these basic services, which you are saying hinder the ability of, of the police to, to fully be able to do their work there? I think, um, I mean, you raise a very uh, good question, actually, in terms of deadlines. I don't think we're at that stage yet. We're at the stage where we're saying, look, 
this is a responsibility of the local government, and this, these are the sort of cries that we are hearing on the ground. And they have, in turn, giving, giving us their word that this is the sort of interventions that they are doing. But is it translated on the ground? Well, we are yet to see how far and how fast these interventions are going to, to, to go. Um, but at the same time, you know, time is of the essence, Kathy. We cannot stress uh, more about the urgency of this situation. But we also understand that there are many other factors that are at play here that maybe do um, hinder the sort of progress that we would like to see as the police ministry. Um, overall, um, the, 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 the time frame that you're talking about there should be done as, as good as yesterday. But, you know, we can always take the horse to the water, but unfortunately, we cannot make it drink. And this is essentially where we are. As the SAPS, our hands are tied. We cannot in any way force a local government to act in any certain way. What we are doing, though, is having a you know, greater strengthened relationships between us as a police as well as the MEC of, um, of community safety, albeit we having a replaced um, MEC now in the province. But before, before that shift or that change, we had a really great partnership with uh, MEC Fritz. Where, you know, he understood where we were coming from and he was making inroads in terms of getting his government to, to really act and, 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 and play along uh, for the betterment of, of community members there. So we are really hopeful and confident that there would be that sort of uh, transition with the new, um, the new guards there. And um, we really hope that this happens, as, as I mentioned, as in yesterday. I want to read uh, these comments by Tulani Dasa. And Tulani, I was really hoping that uh, you would be able to call in so that we could have this conversation uh, with you. You'll see I responded uh, to uh, your tweets just with with our studio line there. Uh, But Tulani says that he's part of the Neighborhood Watch founders in Kuyasa in Kailicha. And uh, Mm. one of the things that he's raising is on the KDF and says uh, the KDF is a deeply compromised structure that is disguised as a community a stakeholder and that it is an arm of the ANC and is very divisive. Um, and, and I'll get you to respond to that in a moment in Dittini. For 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 the the police aspect of things, he's asking about uh, why nothing has been done about building Makaza, Makaza police station. And he says, you know, Tito must ask his ANC comrades to bring in more police in the Western Cape and to stop politicizing crime in Kailicha. So what's the status with this um, police station that, that you can tell us about, Lorenzo? So I... Um I know that there is a temporary police station that has been um, uh, put up while the construction of a permanent police station is on the cards. Um, as to how far that process has gone, I have to get back to you. I don't have those details with me uh, right now. But I know that the police, uh, rather the, the community members, have been calling um, for this and really calling for um, some sort of at least temporary measure to bring policing services to the community members. And this is what has now happened with the construction of this, um, you know, mobile station. Um, and this is, of course, uh, waiting for the more permanent structure that is going to benefit 
um, you know, not only just residents of Makaza, but also surrounding areas. And I just have also have to add that when it comes to building of a police station, it's something that is, it does take some time. There needs to be feasibility studies that are conducted. There needs to be land that's identified. But also, while we know that, you know, police, are, whether community members could call for a station, say, in Gatlehong, there needs to be a study that's conducted to say, if we do put it in this area in Gatlehong, will it service um, the, the greater part of that community? So we understand that they have been waiting for some time in this um, particular area, but um, from the last that I checked on this matter, there is a temporary structure and there is um, uh, uh, um, uh, the building of a more, a more permanent solution. All right, we're going to continue this conversation. Nditini, I'll also give you a chance to respond shortly. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. All right, we continue the conversation and our focus for this hour is uh, looking really at the crime levels in Kailicha. What are some of the interventions uh, that have been put in place? What are the hindrances to ensuring that uh, crime in that area can be effectively put under control and even eradicated? Of course, we seem to be uh, uh, far off in as far as eradicating it completely, but certainly there needs to be a sense that the situation there is under control. I was speaking about Tulani Dasa, uh, who was uh, sending us messages on the WhatsApp line. He's now on the line. And Tulani, you're a former member of the Safety and Security Portfolio Committee. You're also a Neighborhood Watch member in Kailicha. And you, you possess a lot of knowledge just about uh, the crime situation there. So uh, an opportunity for you just to give us your own reflections of, of where you think the challenges are. Uh, thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, I've been actively involved in the, the safety and security portfolio, and we've met several times with KTF. For instance, when Minister Trele, I hear the lady now saying there is a temporary measure in Makaza. In Makaza, there's only two vans that are placed at ShopRite at the mall. When the mall closes, those two vans are gone. And Kathy, what do we need to do? Also, before the election, the local government election, we saw Minister Trele with the Minister with, with uh, Chido and the Minister Freeze, of which when they have this engagement, they don't call the city of Cape Town. Due to the failure of the national police in Cape Town and also in the Western Cape, we established what we call the LEAP program, which has done a marvelous job in recovering illegal firearms. If you look at the latest stats, you'll find that Western Cape is no longer, or Nyanga is no longer the criminal uh, capital in South Africa due to the work that we have done. We have taken resources to some, from some of the needy areas for instance, it, it money that should have gone in service state in basic service delivery to ensure that we we focus in ensuring that the the safety and security of the people in the Western Cape it's a priority for us as a government. But now we find in instance in for instance the city was not invited in that event. Mr. Chito was there and was given a platform. But also these people from the KDF, they are deeply compromised, like what I said on the tweet, that they are an extended task of the ANC to try and also to do some of those issues where we are trying our best in the city and the provinces. They are, it's not led by the ANC. They are trying to, to mismatch and also try to punish the image of the city instead of working us and also ensuring that we take the parallel of the citizen safety for here in Kailicha, in the Kuyasa, in the Kuyasa area where and part of the neighborhood watch. Due to the failure of SARS, when we patrol as early as 5 o'clock in the morning, 
there is no police van. What I did, I approached the city of Cape Town uh, under the leadership of J.P. Smith to ensure that there is at least a metro police or law enforcement van that works with us so that when we need a backup, we can easily call somebody and then those people can be of assistance. And have you found that the patrols that you are running as as community members, that those are helping? Yes, they are helping. What, what I've also done while I was a councillor in the area is to ensure that we give a proper training both the, the provincial government of the Western Cape do trainings for our neighborhood so that they can do an effective job when they are working as early as five in the morning and they can take safety precautionary measures. Nditini, let me give you a chance to come in there and respond to what Tulani has said. Thank you very much, Kathy. Um, let me take this opportunity first and send our the KDS heartfelt condolences to, to the family of new staff who lost a family member. Kathy, normally the KDF refuses or we try and refrain to enter into childishness that Tulani is raising. In the same statement, he says the KDF and Minister Fritz was there would then tell you a story of a KDF that works with the provincial government. And Temba, uh, on the one hand, they said, when Minister Fritz was there, honestly, Casey, there is a very good uh, lack since Minister Fritz has left in the Western Cape. Tulani is trying to tell us the story of his friendship with Mr. J.P. Smith. J.P. Smith behaves like a Zorro in Cape Town. He created an army for himself. Tulani talks about, Tulani is a very good activist. Uh, from the DA. He's, a very, he's got close proximity to, to, to as a former councillor, close proximity to, to J.P. Smith. But what Tulani cannot tell us, whether has the city deployed their lead services, lead services and law enforcement officers are in, in the entirety of Kailich, that he cannot prove. There are more than 20 neighborhood watches in Kailich who do not receive a similar support like the one that has got a Tulani as a, as, as, a, as, a connection, as a connection man to the city of Cape Town. The Kailita Development Forum, even if we so choose, we can be an extension of the ANC because the, the, the multiplicity of organizations participating in the area, includes the DA, our secretary is the EFF, so we don't have a choice. Of, of, we don't have that luxury of being a representation of anybody. We are talking about the death of five people. Now, Tulani comes here with some childishness of maybe we representing Tanish. We don't want to tarnish anyone here, uh, Kathy. The Kailita Development Forum has, has presented to Mr. J.P. Smith a, a CCTV camera program that was going to cover Kailita in Israel. And Mr. Smith seemed to like the idea. It was well published in the media and all over the place. That went to nowhere. So we don't really have time for small talk, trying to, to steal relevance over people's lives. The other issue, Katie, that we want to raise as a KDF carefully is whether what we are seeing, when you talk about the five people who have lost their lives in Kailich, on the other hand, you hear the provincial government busy bickering with national government on the devolution of police powers. We sometimes wonder, are we not allowed to die so that you legitimize the need to devolve those powers? So, so sometimes to learn, uh, this type of talk, we, we, we try and avoid as a KDF because we find it as a distraction. It takes us away from the responsibility. For instance, to learn talk about two then in Makazi. 
in all media in call over the KBS has been a consistent caller for the development of the police station in Makaza. When general people were going to put up a, a temporary what is it, a mobile police station in Kaidis, we immediately asked him, You are bringing this track here with what? And the response, what is in writing is with 50 police officers and 10 police vehicles as a temporary measure, upon which we as the KDF accepted the mobile police station. And then I, I, I really feel for Tulan. Tulan is a very good activist. I encourage him with the work that he does. Maybe the, the politicking must have its own, there must be a sense of occasion. You can't want to talk small political talk over people's lives, over five people's lives that have been lost. Yeah, look, it sounds to me that that either way, politics is a part of, can, of can, the can, equation. Can I yes, you for a second? Yes, Tulani. If you look at the last uh, financial year, Katie, the police budget was cut by $47 billion. And then the VIP, VIP protection was given $1.4 billion. Mm. The VIP protection that protects the ministers and these all other politicians that have been voted by the people. In the international practice, Katie, one police looks after 220 people. Nationally, in South Africa, there's which police station, there's only what there's, the, the police is 3,375. But in the Western Cape, it's here in Harare, because I stay here in Kailicha. In Harare, one police is looking after 818 members of the community, meaning that we need more police. We can't come up with these strategies in, mm. in combating crime. Mm. But the Western Cape remains the only province that has the lowest police rate in South Africa. All right. Yes, Tulani, I'm, I'm going to have to stop you there because we are also quickly running out of time for this conversation. Leranzu, I'm going to give you a couple of seconds just to weigh in before I go to the news. Just two points from my side. Uh, the West Cape remains the most funded province when it comes to uh, policing budgets. Uh, politics aside, Cathy, and to all your guests, we all can agree that the combination of resources and force multipliers and, of course, an active community in the overall fight against crime can only be a win-win for everyone concerned. And as to Mustafa, you know, your, your previous caller mentioned the, the issue about um, uh, gangs. We know that we do have the anti-gang unit in the Cape Flats. Um, we believe that specialized policing and refocusing our efforts in expertise and taking down organized crimes, such as extortion rings, which we believe that could be you know, a, a factor or motive behind these multiple killings, they are being tackled by fully functional murder and robbery units that are existing in the Western Cape. With that said, we are hopeful that we're going to be finding the people that have done down those five people in Kailisha and, of course, make breakthroughs in other multiple murders that have occurred in the area. All right. Let me thank all of the guests for coming on to the show today. Leranzo Temba is the spokesperson for the police minister. Begikaile Nditini Tido is the chairperson of the Kailisha Development Forum. The hour has ended, but it feels like we barely scraped the surface of some of the issues that are unfolding in Kailich. And hopefully this is a conversation we'll be able to continue in the future. Let me go over to Anne Musa, who's standing by with the latest news.